Hey, honey, guess what the largest Muslim country is? Indonesia. Nope, it's Indonesia. That's what I said. If you're like my wife, you probably thought it was Iran or Saudi Arabia. But with a population of 250 million, Indonesia has more Muslims than any other country. I said Indonesia. Part of the surprise is that we tend to think of Muslim countries as deserts. But Indonesia is a tropical paradise and it wears its religion lightly. If you visit the capital city of Jakarta, you'll see more bikinis than burkas and more martinis than mosques. But mostly you won't see anything because you can't move. Jakarta has the second worst traffic on earth. Only Cairo is worse. The Egyptian government hired Japanese civil engineers to fix this problem, and after 18 months they issued this report. Nothing can be done. In Jakarta, my driver picked us up at 9 a.m. Over the next two hours, we moved three blocks. Three blocks! I asked the driver how he even managed to get to my hotel by 9. I left home at 4 this morning. He didn't even think it was weird. The problem will only get worse as climate change has caused repeated flooding of the city. But the government was quick to react. They're moving the national capital to East Kalimantan, 700 miles away. If you're a politician, problem solved. If you're one of the 10 million people living in Jakarta, you will drown, possibly while sitting in traffic. But Indonesians are great at rolling with these things. Periodically, one of their villages is swallowed up by an enormous sinkhole. We visited one. Most of the residents moved on, but a few remained, giving motorcycle tours of the hole where their city used to be. Indonesia is a land of 17,000 islands and 300 million people speaking 700 different languages. The strangest of all these languages had to be the one my driver spoke on the phone to his wife. Hello, sayang, ini aku. Ha, saya akan terlambat. Ha, itu miniti nakan. Ha, aku sinta kamu. Ha. We'd gone to Indonesia for ecotourism. This is when you find an animal deep in the jungle build a bunch of hotels around it, and tromp thousands of tourists through its once secluded home. You are not so much saving the animal as turning it into a neurotic mess. You are making it a New Yorker. But it's fun for the tourists, and perhaps by treasuring these animals, we're not inclined to eat them. That's why we have panda sanctuaries rather than panda burger franchises. Although what is in those dumplings from Panda Express? Nobody knows. The problem with wildlife viewing is that animals choose to live in such inconvenient places. Once you're in Indonesia, you have to go to Borneo to see orangutans, fly to Sumatra to see tigers, and then sail to Komodo Island to see, come on, you know this, Komodo dragons. If only you could gather these animals into one place where you could see them all at once, I said. That's called a zoo, replied my wife. Visiting wildlife, like dying, has five steps. They are step one, where is it? Step two, there it is. Step three, there's another one. Step four, God, there's like 50 of them. Step five, okay, I've seen enough. With animals, no matter how exotic, if you've seen one, you've seen them all. Animals of the species are all the same and they do the same damn thing over and over. They're not like Meryl Streep movies where she does something different every time. They're like Adam Sandler movies. 
The other problem with ecotourism is that while you're visiting the animals' habitats, they're visiting yours. We hiked through the jungles of Borneo looking for orangutans, only to find them hanging out by the ranger station listening to his radio. They liked M&M. I walked all over Bone Dry Komodo Island on a quest to find a dragon. I finally tripped over one on my way to the bathroom. He was lying out by the men's room steps, enjoying the one piece of shade on the island. This could have been deadly, by the way. Komodos have a lethal bite, and it's a slow death due to all the bacteria in their teeth. They have the filthiest mouths this side of Jackie the Joke Man Martling. Why do Jewish guys watch porn movies backwards? They like the part where the hooker gives the money back. <laughs> Thank you, Jackie. Another problem is that the smarter animals learn our ways so quickly. In Uganda, we went into the woods looking for chimpanzees. The law allowed us to spend one hour with the chimps from the moment we spotted them. But the chimps spotted us first. They headed for the nearest clearing and sat down. We followed. They had tricked us into getting the hell out of their forest. We watched them for a while, snapping photos of them doing absolutely nothing. Suddenly, they all got up and left. I looked at my watch. It had been one hour exactly, and they knew it. Their time was up, and they were punching out for the day. It was a little disappointing. In fact, my fondest memory of the trip was our tour guide, Kevin. He had four sons, Devin, Evan, Calvin, and Melvin. Are you going to have more kids, I asked? He said, I can't. I ran out of Vin names. In Rwanda, we slashed our way through the jungle looking for silverback gorillas. I was walking down the narrow trail when the guy behind rudely shoved me aside. I turned to yell at him and saw he was a gorilla. We'd cleared a nice path, he figured he'd use it. It's not always this easy. In Indonesia, we took a plane to another plane, to a cab, to a jeep, to see tigers in Sumatra. Our guide picked us up at 10 a.m. By 10.15, we were in the jungle, sitting on a wooden platform high up in a tree. Eight hours later, we were still sitting there. No tigers. Denise asked, Are we going to see them? The guide replied, Oh no, they never come out after six in the morning. Then why did you pick us up at ten? I thought you wanted to sleep in. We demanded the guide come back for us the next morning. Early. He did, and we sat in that goddamn tree again, from five in the morning till five in the afternoon. Again, no tigers. I asked, Just how often do you see tigers here? He replied, Three times. In the past 15 years. We had a better chance of seeing a comet. People in New Hampshire saw J.D. Salinger more than the Sumatrans saw tigers. So that was my ecotourism in Indonesia. I stepped on a Komodo, missed the orangutans, and never had a shot of seeing a tiger. I didn't get a genuine animal experience till we traveled to Sulawesi. This is an Indonesian island almost certainly created by aliens. It looks like nothing else on the globe. Sulawesi is shaped like an end table, brandishing a whip. It looks like a chai, that Hebrew symbol for life that was worn as a necklace by everyone in the 70s except Jews. Things get even weirder when you arrive in Sulawesi, because everyone lives in a house shaped like a canoe. Not just people, pig pens, chicken coops, and dog houses, all swoosh to a point on each side like a boat that doesn't float and won't go anywhere. Why do they do this? Aliens! Aliens. 
Still, things seemed surprisingly normal when we were invited to a Sulawesi picnic. Locals wore their Sunday best, dresses, coats, and ties, and picnic lunches were spread out on the edges of an open field. At the center, ten water buffalo grazed peacefully. You see water buffalo all over Indonesia. They look like the love child of a cow and a hippo. They're fat, smooth, gray, and shiny. They are so docile, a six-year-old can move herds of them with a stick. The picnic looked like an Indonesian production of our town. And then the slaughter began. A local man, possibly the mayor, cut the throat of one of the water buffalo. As the animal bled out, it looked more shocked than hurt. Why'd you do that, man? I thought we were friends. And here's the amazing part. As all this was going on, the other nine water buffalo just stood there chewing their cuds. They seemed to be saying, Poor Fred, I sure hope that never happens to me. But of course, it did happen to them. One by one, the buffalo were killed, and six of the ten charged into the crowd, spraying blood like a lawn sprinkler. The Sulawesi parents moved picnic baskets out of the charging animal's path. The kids just laughed. Meanwhile, their fellow buffalo calmly watched their friends die like it was Netflix. And then there were none. And as happy families looked on, all ten buffalo were butchered. From house pet to lunch meat in under an hour. Everyone at the picnic got to go home with a door prize. A side of beef, a rack of ribs, enough steaks for a year. What the hell was that? My wife asked. We couldn't believe it, but we caught the whole thing on film. We thought we'd seen something truly unique. Then we went to post it on YouTube and found 50 videos just like ours. In Sulawesi, they do this every week, and every week more than half the buffalo get loose. Wounded animals with horns six feet wide charge into crowds of families. Yet no one ever thinks, maybe we should put up a fence. Maybe we should tie these animals to something. To us, it was carnage and bloodshed and unchecked madness. To the people of Sulawesi, it was Sunday. Warning. This program you just heard contained graphic violence. If you are easily offended, you probably shouldn't have listened. If you really want to see nature, lots of nature, <laughs> way too friggin' much nature, I recommend a trip to the Galapagos. The Galapagos are 17 rocky islands that they say are just off the coast of Ecuador. They are 563 miles away. It's like saying Pigeon Forge, Tennessee is just off the coast of Manhattan. The islands are a perfect nature preserve because there's absolutely nothing you can do with them. But the government does a great job protecting it from invading species. Your luggage is searched three times before you can get in. I got a full body search and was detained because they found an orange in my luggage. The lady behind me whizzed through customs carrying five pounds of cannabis gummies. One of the biggest attractions is the diversity of boobies. But these birds are not as diverse as, say, strip club boobies, you'll see the blue-footed booby, and then, an eight-hour cruise away, you'll see red-footed boobies. Of course, I'm going to avoid any cheap booby jokes. But Jackie Martling won't. A guy's at his store, and he says to a woman with big knockers, can I please speak to you for a minute? I can't find my wife, and any time I start talking to a girl with boobs like yours, she appears out of nowhere. <laughs> 
<laughs> the boobies have an elaborate mating ritual that goes on all day long. The male must build a little home made of stones painstakingly acquired one by one. Then he has to do a little dance, which the female judges harshly, like some feathered Simon Cowell. If she's not impressed, the poor booby dude has to build another whole house and get some new choreography. It seems brutal, but how many dating profiles demand must earn a good living and love to dance? If you want to see mating, and lots of it, check out the Galapagos Sea Turtles. These guys are always screwing. It's yet another thing they beat the hair at. If you go out in a dinghy, they'll hump the dinghy. And notice I refrained from doing a dinghy joke. And like everything else turtles do, they mate slow and steady. They grunt and moan the whole time like Barry White. Barry White dead 18 years and I'm still using him as a punchline. <laughs> what is wrong with me? The main activity in the Galapagos is snorkeling and some of the best in the world. It feels athletic, but it's just floating and watching underwater TV. And sea life is lazy too. You see a lot of fish laying around on the bottom of the ocean not doing anything. I was really communing with these slackers of the deep when my tour guide swam up. He gestured to a small underwater cave. Stick your head in there! I did. See? There's six sharks inside! Jesus Christ! Still, I had a great story to tell. But with snorkeling, everyone else always saw something better. I said, I just stuck my head in a cave full of sharks. Yeah, we saw that. Did you see the giant squid eating a rusty shopping cart? Oh, sure. I also saw an old captain with his peg leg stuck in a whale's blowhole. God... Damn it. Jackie Martling, take us out with some turtle jokes. <laughs> where would you find a turtle with no legs? Right where you left them. <laughs> hey, what's a snail say when he's riding on a turtle's back? Wee! <laughs> what would you call a female turtle? What Am I Doing Here was written and performed by Mike Reese and produced by Josh Perillo with special guest star Jackie the Joke Man Martling, featuring Denise Reese as herself, additional voices by Michael Yushao and Trevor Morris, Mike's Funny Doorman. 